All right, man. Welcome to the introduction for Crow Triple Seven Radio, episode ninety-eight. Jason Lingren's with me, and we're going to be talking about basically equinoxes, and we're going to tie in the lunar wave. I didn't want to put this episode out so early, but we've got an equinox coming up here in March for me in Rhode Island. It appears uh, that it will actually be on March seventeen. The reported date is the 20th. As we get into the episode, you'll begin to see what we think we've uncovered. The reason I said I didn't want to put it out so early is we're still digging through um, dates and data and trying to confirm that what we believe we have found is correct, that equinoxes are always misreported. Now, to be clear, we've known for quite some time that the given date of an equinox is misreported because you simply can't pick a date Um, to state that it's the equinox today because the observer uh, will see sunrise and sunset at a different time as an example of this. So one catch-all time or date um, isn't really accurate. But what we've actually found is that on the reported dates, there is no equal day and night. All the way back through the oldest sources, we can see through all the work Jason and I have done with the Vatican or any other number of secret societies encoding the equinoxes, one thing is true. There are two equinoxes in a year, one in the spring, one in the fall, and they marked, they are marked by equal day and night. There are other definitions that come along with them, like the sun reaching zero degrees of declination or the sun rising due east, but the main concern here, back through history, with great importance attached to it, is that those days are in perfect balance. In other words, we live a complete year and get two days of perfect balance, and in one of those days in the fall, you're falling down into winter, the allegory for hell. As we began to dig into the data, we became astounded by what we were finding. The further south we went, um, we began to realize some things. When we got to the equator, one of the users in the forum that's working on this, SFROG, found a weird zone, which is very intriguing to me. I'm going to present what we have so far, and again, I wish we would have had a lot more time to go over this before I had to make this episode. But the main point of this episode is that we think we ha- we might have a way to predict a lunar wave filming at the equinox, and so that's why we did this. Um, we're going to announce how we think we can calculate when people should film. There's another issue at hand here that at this equinox, many of us will experience a new moon. For those who aren't aware, a new moon is basically blacked out. Um, But that is not a reason not to film. It makes it a little more difficult to determine where the moon should be and film. But there is also the prediction I made many years ago that at a young or new moon, the disk or where the moon should be may well be see-through. So many things that could be discovered by people who want to go out and film as we get into the equinox. I give good instructions on how to determine when equal night and day actually happens in your area. I explain what it means when they announce the date of the equinox, and then I give a way to calculate the correct day or what appears at this point to be the correct day to try to film a true lunar wave at the spring equinox. Anyhow, let's jump in. Here we go. Let's jump in with Jason. Cheers. All right, man. Welcome to Crew Triple Seven Radio Podcast. This is episode 98. I have Jason Lingram with me, and we're going to talk about uh, equinoxes, and this is going to relate directly to the lunar wave. And truth be told, I didn't want to have to talk about this so quickly because there are so many things that I'm still trying to work out uh, to be a bit more solid. But here's the problem. We have an equinox coming up. It's an opportunity to film lunar waves, and knowing what I know now, I'm just going to have to announce, and then, you know, if there's errors or corrections that need to be made, we'll do it on the backside. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. Hello, Crow. Coming to you from a hotel room. Yeah, actually, you sound really good. Uh, your on-the-road setup is is spot on. Sounds great. Um, anyhow, I don't think, Jason, I have anything uh, for the beginning here. I don't believe I've been on any shows this week at all. Um, so what's up with you? Well, this past Saturday, I did the Spaced Out Radio uh, that airs on the Fringe FM. So if anybody would like to hear that, it's available on Spreaker and a couple of other things. And the big thing I would like to say is that I am going to be at the Truth Mind Reality Conference this Saturday in Glendale, Arizona, which is part of Phoenix. So if anybody's going to that uh, conference or if they would like to meet me and they just want to go, I will be there all day. Come see me. Shake my hand. Say hello. 
Okay, so we should be clear. I think we're talking about March 10th. So we're recording on March 7. Uh, this episode may go live a little early, but it will certainly be up by the 8th. So when you hear this, it is either March 7 or March 8th. Jason will be in Phoenix on March 10. Um, do you have anything else for the beginning here? And by the way, I'd forgotten. Um, I did appear on that radio show with you briefly. Um, yes, it was really late at night for me. Yeah. So do we have anything else to add to the beginning here? Well, let's do the official announcement that we are making a film. Right. Um, actually, I've got the notes in front of me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm actually down in the notes looking forward, trying trying to, to prep up my mind here. Yeah, so Jason asked me to do a film uh, with him. And, you know, it went back and forth originally. It was an idea um, to make it more about me. And as we worked forward, my boring life isn't going to fill a film. Um, we kind of said, well, I'll, I'll let you say where we've settled, Jason. Go ahead. Right. So, well, it's not just going to be about your life. It's going to be about the events in your life that led up to you finding the lunar wave originally, uh, some other folks that have been involved, and where your life has gone since then. And I think that is very interesting. I think a lot of people really enjoy watching this. So it's going to be all that. We're going to do interview style, and then we're going to show your gear that you've used and we're going to intercut it with a bunch of your really awesome footage that you've got and some interviews with some other folks. Randy from Houston has already signed on and we may actually reach out to one or two other folks as well. So, so right. And this is a, you know, this episode that we're going to do here today relates directly in, um, the 2012 filming of the lunar wave or the first time that I accidentally filmed it. Um, it seems like to, to me, even now, that it's a big deal, that it was historical, that it's unique, and I feel like I'm getting closer to understanding what it relates to. And in the course of this episode, I'm actually going to announce, you know, I had made predictions when I felt it might be a good time to film, and it was always tied to the equinoxes, but I think I have a much better handle on things here. But again, Jason, this all has to do with the reporting of time. How many shows have we done showing that calendars and time are jacked up? And we're finding errors. As a matter of fact, a guy named Smith over in my forum is showing uh, that even Naval res Observatory reporting, if I have that right, uh, is as much as a minute off quite frequently and went all the way back to the 1700s to try to find where the, the time reporting was correct. So there is so much to go through here. But just suffice it to say, um, the lunar wave may end up being a big deal when all is said and done. But until we absolutely know, and I'm going to make some announcements here today, like when you can film it and what exactly I think it's related to. And that's the 2012 filming of the lunar wave. And this gets to be a very confused conversation because so many people have caught things. And as many people who followed know, I quit trying to vet them. Uh, the problem here is, is if I'm not behind the camera, um, I don't know everything I need to know. You can look at a thing, you can observe a thing, um, but I'll, I'll just leave it there for now, Jason. Right, and of course the film is going to end with us, well, it's gonna, it depends upon what we discover, really, because this is going to take place over the next few months, and we'd like to get it out this year and actually get it into some film festivals, because believe it or not, we have listeners in some very interesting places, and I think this is going to do really well. Okay, that's for for the most part, that's your side of the house. You know me, I'm pretty much a hermit. Um, I'll leave all that in your capable hands um, and to your discretion. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to cover before we jump right into equinoxes and lunar waves? I think we're good, man. Let's move on. All right, man, it's all you. So what is an equinox in case anyone out there does not know? Well, well hold on. But I'm sorry to interrupt you, Jason. Let's Let's get one thing straight right now. Um, what we know about equinoxes, and this is what we're going to cover, appears to be incorrect. Um, equinoxes are hugely key events in the life of human beings, and they have been back through time as far as we can see. Just so people understand, equinoxes divide the seasons in the same way solstices do, but there's so much more to it. And if you go back through older cultures, you're going to find that there is a massive spiritual component, even to the point where people are talking about what happens to a human being at death or birth uh, with what we might call a soul. So when Jason gives you the standard scientific definitions of an equinox, and he says just equinox, 
what I'm going to do here is tell you flat out that it's been hidden, it's been obfuscated, it's been lied about, and basically poppycock. Now, what I have done is coined a new term. When you hear the word equinox, you're hearing the textbook definition, which I no longer accept uh, at all. And when you hear true equinox, we are talking about the day when actual day and night are equal. Sorry for stepping on you, Jason. No worries. So let's just go through the mainstream definition of an equinox. An equinox is commonly regarded as the moment when the plane of Earth's equator passes through the center of the sun's disk, which occurs twice each year, around March 20th and September 23rd. In other words, it is the point in which the center of the visible sun is directly over the equator. This simplified but incorrect understanding of Earth's orbital motion can lead to errors of up to 69 seconds from the actual time of equinox. The instance of the equinoxes are currently defined to occur when the ecliptic longitude of the sun is either 0 degrees or 180 degrees. As the true motion of the Earth is affected by the gravitational pull of the sun and moon, and to lesser extent, the other planets, there are tiny, up to one and a quarter arc second variations of the sun's ecliptic latitude that may mean the sun's center is not precisely over the equator at the moment of equinox. On the day of an equinox, daytime and nighttime are of approximately equal duration all over the planet. They are not exactly equal, however, due to the angular size of the sun and atmospheric refraction. The word is derived from the Latin equinoctium from aqueous meaning equal and nox genitive noctis meaning night all right i don't accept this stuff and i consider it as nonsense i'm gonna say flower chicken or poppycock um at the end here you you heard approximately that the days and night are of equal duration and then jason told you from the accepted definition they are not exactly equal however due to the angular size of the center and all this mumbus jumbus any person can go back through the oldest accounts we can get our hands on which i have done and the big deal here is that day and night are equal there's a massive spiritual component there is a match massive natural science component uh and it's to the second and that is back through history. And what we see now is them walking back the idea that, you know, the, that the days and nights are exactly equal. And it's all nonsense, man. Something changed. Back in the day, that was it. Equal day and night. There were two days in this world. Anyone can go through the Masonic encoded and stuff with the impillars, the Bible, the Vatican stuff, any of it. And the big deal here is equal day and night. It only happens two days of balance. An entire existence in a year in this world, two days of balance. But anyhow, Jason, back to you. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. There's one more thing. In the beginning of this, you, you mentioned that the accepted definition is in or around March 20 and September 23. And this begins to show the game. If you go back through time and look at when the equinoctial days are going to be reported, it's almost always closer to March 21 and September 21 or 22. But these dates are shifting around all over the place. And I attribute part of this to the nonsensical calendar game that's been played when we came from Julian to Gregorian and all these other things. But this also plays into what's happened with artificial time and how we track the passage of time here and time zones and all that other stuff. Um, these equinoxes are critical things. They're a big damn deal. And the fact that they're not being reported accurately um, should ring a bell with everyone out there. Anyhow, sorry, man. So, of course, after a lot of looking into all the data, we have found, as you've just been going through, that the Equinox Day is not being reported correctly. And this actually means so much more than just a generalized date and day used for everyone everywhere. And I know we've had some uh, off-the-air conversations about this, so let's, let's hear a good explanation on that. All right, so it's, I'll, I'll wait till we get a couple more bullet points in, but here's the problem. Back in... in uh, September on September 26 at 8:22, roughly 8:22 p.m. in the evening, um, I filmed the first and best example of the lunar wave we have. At the time, I instinctively had been saying and talking about equinoxes even up to the time that I filmed the lunar wave that it was somehow connected to equinoxes. 
the problem here was, is if I remember correctly, I think the Equinox for that year had been reported on the 22nd. Again, I shot on the 26th. Um, so it was throwing me off. Little did I know um, that the date of the Equinox being reported is not an Equinox at all. I mean, you you can you can say maybe three things about an Equinox, and even those three things are not true everywhere in the world. First thing is a lot of people like the definition that the sun's going to rise due east, but that's not going to be true for everybody no matter what. The second thing is you're shown in the model that's accepted, you're shown the globe Earth sitting there, and then you're shown the globe sun being level with the equator of Earth or zero degrees declination at the vernal equinox. And that gives us the equal day and night idea. So basically what I'm getting at here is the zero declination idea is what's, I guess, scientifically marking the equinox. But back through history, the one thing that is common everywhere universally is that equal day and night will happen. And there will only be one other time at the op, you know, when fall happens, that this goes on. Um, as we get in here, I'll begin to show you why it's wrong and this stunning moment I had when I realized that the filming of the first lunar wave was actually on what I call now the true equinox or equal day and night. And I'll explain how we got there as we get in. The accepted definition going back through mainstream history is that we get two days of equal day and night, which are the equinoxes represented by the sun in Aries and in Libra. There is 12 hours of day and 12 hours of night on these two days only. And that calculates down to the second, I might add. Again, this is only two days out of the year, one in the spring and one in the autumn. So if you were like looking at a zodiac wheel, usually one of the ways you see it represented, and it is represented in different ways, um, areas would be uh, midway, like where the equator would be through the circle on the left, and uh, Libra, the other equinox, would be on the right. So top and bottom would be the solstices, the top one being the height of the power of the sun in summer, the lower one being Christmas time in the minds of most people, or where the sun is weakest and said to die and then be reborn. Um, is the idea there. So I'll just let you keep pushing, Jason, um, because what I did is I began to realize that all the modern accounts are nearly worthless. And I will preface this again. We're finding problems with the time reporting, um, but where we're landing is saying, come on, man, the sun rises when the sun rises. How far off could that be? So we started to base it on that. But again, you know, I'm, I'm being forced to pre-announce here because we have an equinox just a few days away, and I'm hoping people will get cameras in the air. So go ahead, Jason. So, Crow, you've been going back through old sources like Manilius and his book uh, Astronomica, which is the oldest source that you've been able to go through, and other books written in the 1800s that reference far older works. The definition seems to be the same universally to include Masonic encoding, the Vatican, and of course, biblical as well. Right. Um, it's in all of it. And it is universal. It's not arguable. The idea here is equal day and equal night. And a simple thing is like if you've ever seen the Vatican red shield where there's two crossed keys, a silver and a gold key, and then like that double crown thing the Pope wears up in the position where the summer sun would be, that's what's being encoded here. You see, those two keys that are crossed are actually what's called a saltier cross, which is actually two compasses brought back to back. And there's a name for that. It's called a goniometer. What the goniometer is meant to measure is the sun coming across the equator at the spring equinox. That's what that's all about. The gold and silver keys correspond because this, the the spring equinox was referred to back in the day, which has been ditched now as the golden gate. The fall equinox was the silver gate. So that's why the keys are that color. Even the ribbons coming down from the crown are encoding and representing how the sun comes through these so-called gates. But there's enough of that for, for the moment, Jason. So, of course, all this information you've been going through and things that you've been uncovering is going to bring up another interesting point. So let's take a minute to discuss the current mainstream globe model that shows the sun level with the globe equator, indicating zero degrees of declination and the sun rising due east. Due to the information that is now being uncovered by you and the awesome folks in the forum, would you say this model is probably wrong? And of course, we've already discussed that many times. But yeah, 
within the light of things, how would you explain it now? So, you know, I've said our world is misdescribed. I've said space is dis- misdescribed. For this conversation here, it comes down to two things. Either I am completely wrong, which is always a possibility. Um, I, I don't think that's the case. Um, or the model that we've been accepting doesn't work no matter what you try to do. And as an example of this, so if truly there was a globe with an equator and the sun became level with that at zero degrees of declination, you would expect equal night and equal day. When I was young in school, this was the model shown. It's actually being walked back now and people are starting to take all these scientific terms like the sun sub tens and all this other nonsense to try to explain away what's going on here and my point is is an explanation to explain away a thing whether it's from an authoritative source or not isn't good enough we need to challenge these things we need to see if it's in fact correct um i'm not sure how much to get in or maybe you should cover a couple more points here jason what do you think yeah we can go a little further here so let's get specific to where you're at crow the report today for the equinox in your area is the 20th of march This is not true, as sunrise this day is listed at 6.12 a.m. and sunset at 5.41 p.m., which is, of course, not an equal 12 hours of day and 12 hours of night. So actual equal day and night occurs on March 17th. Anyone interested in the data can go to the member forum on crow777radio.com under the ever-growing Equinox thread, which has been awesome, by the way. Okay, so we're going to thank the people who who contributed um, because there was so much data to go through. But to cut to the chase here, here I am once again in a position where I can actually probably start to try filming. And just so people understand, my scope is so big and I'm not as young as I once was. I can't set it up by myself anymore. I live in a house with a staircase and maybe I could pick it up, but it gets dangerous and I could damage the scope. This has been part of the reason since I moved here that I couldn't film as much. There are other reasons, but here's the deal. Here where I am, they were once again reporting the equinox on the 20th of March, and I knew it was wrong, but it wasn't till some months ago that it really began to dawn on me why. So as I get into looking, what I actually found was that equal day and night occur on March 17. So then that opened up the whole can of worms that blew the forum open over at crow777radio.com in the Equinox thread. We started going all over the world, starting to test the day the Equinox was um, announced and the truly a day when we could find equal day or night. The data we got back was freaking astounding to say the least there are cities right on the equator on the equator remember the model i just described to you you know where the sun's level with the equator that we've all been told since we were children in school there are a couple cities that we know certainly where no equinox happens ever and then in between those two cities there's another city where it does seemingly it begins to make no sense and then when we look at the range of dates and how they play out Um, there's no really easy way to think of a model that fits it. Although I will say if the sun was moving in a spiral motion, maybe we could start to wrap our heads around it in some way. As an example, we found that the true equinox. Now, when I say true equinox, I'm talking about actual verifiable equal night and day. We went up into Canada and there's a band from the west to the east where it would say, I'll just grab a random day. Let's say it's the the 16th. Then come down near where I am in Rhode Island in the United States, it's the 17th. Then go down near around where Jason is, it's the 16th. So you can see how we're starting to work this out. And again, this is all dependent on data, and it will take some time for us to verify. Um, And again, I didn't want to talk about it this early, but guess what? In Rhode Island, I'm going to have a true equinox here on March 17. Um, Everyone needs to go out and film. If, If you've had an interest in the lunar wave, I think I can predict pretty darn, certainly the day when it should be possible to do this, if what we have learned is correct, unfortunately not the exact hour, and I'll describe that a little bit. If you go in your area and look up when they're reporting the equinox, you'll get a date. What you should do with that date is put it on some toilet paper, use it as you would toilet paper, and then flush it down the toilet. Now go back and look for equal day and night, and it will be usually within a few days of this. 
It's an easy way to nail this down is by sunrise and sunset times. Once you understand when the actual true equinox or equal day and night is occurring, find solar noon. Solar noon will be right in the middle of the day from the time sun went up to the time sun went down. Now here's where I don't want to have to make predictions. I'm pretty confident on the day that you should film to catch a lunar wave. But what I'm working on right now is trying to figure out the relationship, knowing all that I know now that I just told you, working from solar noon on the day of true equal day and night. By the way, the first lunar wave actually was a true equinox, come to find out, um, is that how can we set the hour? What I'm working out was that on the day that I filmed the first lunar wave, it was seven hours and 40 minutes past true noon on a true equinox day. That's roughly very close to a third of the way in if we mark solar noon as the dividing point for a 24-hour period. In other words, solar noon on a true equinox day is 24 hours away from the following day at solar noon. A third of the way in, roughly, not exactly, is where I filmed the first lunar wave. So there's the window. I can't nail down, and the truth be told, it would be great to have people filming all the way from solar noon up into you know, 10, 11, 12 at night um, because we need to know much more than we do. But did I let anything fall through the cracks there, Jason? No, that was really good, very thorough. So to, to, to just reiterate real quickly, the first lunar wave was actually filmed on a true equinox day that was equal day and night. Go to your area, look up the actual equinox being reported. When you get that date, understand that it's wrong. It will probably be March 20 for most of us in this part of the world. When you understand that you know the wrong date, you can be within a couple days of the true date. Go to the Naval Observatory or other trusted sources that track time and check more than one place and find where actual night and day match by using the sunrise and sun sundown time, sunset, sunrise. In other words, if the sun rose at 612 in the morning, then it needs to set at 612 at night. In a lot of these tables, it won't be exact, but you will be able to work out since the table doesn't actually list the exact equality, you'll be able to work out what day it falls on in your area. And then once you know the true equal day and night day, go work out solar noon. And from that point forward um, on that day is the window to film a true lunar wave. And here in a minute, uh, I'll try to actually cover what I think I filmed uh, with the first lunar wave. But let's thank some people who were in the forum who helped go through massive amounts of data. Um, I'd like to thank Blue Lights, Budsy, Smith. Mr. Smith is still on it and starting to find an error of a minute. And to this day, much of the naval time reporting, we're not certain about that. But it looks now like maybe back in the 1700s, it was spot on. Still working on that. Thank you, Denny214. Japanese character guy, I think I can do a little better this time. You may be Moonsuda, uh, and that may mean Moonshadow. So thank you, Moonshadow and Katakana. Um, LOL Woot, thank you. S-Frog, thank you so much. There was so much effort put in on your part to help map these things out finding the equator, finding the cities, marking true equinoxes, all the work done. Don Julio, 303G, Clove, thank you, Clove. Scary Gary, thank you. Essential Crisis, Rob Bob, Space Gnome. Intend to see you later, I believe is what that means. And R-W-K-T-E-N-N, -N, or N, Healer Dude, Nathan T87, Ivarii, and Perihelion. Ivarii, thank you too. You've put a lot of thought into this, even corresponding to different sets of maps, to include the Gleason map. Um, by the way, I should point out that as we tracked this data, we put it on globes, we put it on Mercator projections, we put it on Gleason maps, we went at it any which way we could. Anyhow, back to you, Jason. All right, so do you want to explain to folks how and when to go out and film a true lunar wave? Okay, I kind of just did that, so um, I think we've got it covered, and when we get to the end of this section, I'll do it one more time, but basically you find the true equinox day, not the reported equinox day. You find solar noon for that day, which is exactly center of sunup and sundown time, and then from that point forward, there is a window. If I had to guess, and I am absolutely guessing, roughly a third into the following 24-hour period is when I filmed the first lunar wave 
wave, but the numbers are not exact, and it would be a shame to miss it if I miscalculated. Cool. All right, so before we go to them any further, uh, can you please explain what you were mentioning about not wanting to hear about the sun subtends half a degree nonsense? What you will be pointing out with all of this will show that the mainstream scientific explainaways will not save the day with this one. You are only interested in those who would throw away the idea of gravity if a reason was shown to do so. Old, dusty, stale monoliths of science may be better served elsewhere where black holes, and of course the Big Bang, can be imagined as real. In other words, all this is fantasy land. Yeah, you know, as we started to get into this, I made a couple announcements here and there, and here comes the science crowd just regurgitating their nonsense, never having taken the time to do what this group of people over in my forum and myself are doing, to actually look at it, to actually challenge it. And, you know, these people are coming with, oh, the sun subtends half a degree that day, and they just start regurgitating nonsense. Um, sorry, guys, you go back through history, the one thing that is true of an equinox is equal day and night. That's it. There is no other anything. And, there, and you know, people would say, well, back in the day, they didn't know any better. You know what? I'm reading Manilius. Um, and that is supposed to be one of the oldest sources for valid astronomical data we can go at and that book whoever wrote it whenever it was written is looking back further at other people who did this and these people are down to the second they're not ballparking it here so it just kind of gets my goat when these black hole big bang guys ignore the fact that their precious big bang is violating the laws of thermodynamics and going on with these nonsensical basically describe away scientific principles to try to put a lid on what you're doing. So I just wanted to get that out there. I don't care what science says. I care what I can observe with my own eyes. And let me tell you something, you know, gravity is still a theory. If you want something to do with your scientific ventures, go out and prove gravity is a law. Anyhow, Jason. That's correct. A lot of folks still don't even realize that. It's still just called the theory of gravity. It's not the law of gravity. Right. Absolutely right. The simplest explanation of all of this is that the artificial time date being used does not match reality. We have covered this multiple times and on multiple episodes regarding the issues with artificial time. The problem is that many sources were used, including navel, and also things like tracked Muslim prayer times, which can correspond to the sun, and these have been tracked closely for a very long time. The lunar wave of 2012 will also kindly step into this to show we are likely correct in showing equinoxes are broken when compared to the historical accounts. So in a nutshell, is it possible that I've got huge errors in what I've said? Yes, it's always possible. It's always possible until we know what we know. But the lunar wave is what stepped in um, and, and made it okay for me to do what I'm doing here today. And it's this simple. I shot the lunar wave on the 26th of September. The equinox was reported on, I think it was the 22nd, if I remember correctly. That's been a problem for me all these years because I trusted the equinox day. When we went back on this data, actually looking up true equal day and night for these days, I got into the forum, I handed the date and the time, I filmed the lunar wave out to people, and it came back quickly, being confirmed by multiple individuals, including myself, that lo and behold, the lunar wave was filmed on a true equinox day where day and night were equal. That was enough for me to move forward thinking there's a there there. And again, the simplest explanation for all this is that there's a big error in the timing of everything. And I'm, I'm accepting that. It doesn't separate the fact that all this time I thought the lunar wave was tied to the equinox, but it didn't match the dates being reported. And all these years later, we finally figured out that lo and behold, that lunar wave was filmed on an equal day and night day. So there's all that, Jason. Right. And of course, that means a lot more than just that you shot a lunar wave. It means a hell of a lot more. And, you know, I'm going to get into some more dicey territory here because based on the oldest accounts of how equinoxes used to be referred to, um, I'm going to actually state here shortly what I think I filmed. So there it is, Jason. So let's talk about that big night, which, of course, you didn't know that's what it was at the time. On the night of September 26th, 2012, around 8.22 p.m., you inadvertently filmed the first 
and the best lunar wave example to this day. At the time, you knew it was Yom Kippur, but unfortunately had been accepting the reported autumnal equinox date as September 22nd, which of course was not correct. As you now know, the lunar wave of 2012 was actually filmed on the true equinox, which means actual equal day and night. The moon as well was almost, but not quite full, but would be three days later. Right. So we're looking at an almost full moon. It's three days away from full when I filmed the first lunar wave. And I've known for a long time, which is what's been in the back of my mind forever, that it was Yom Kippur, which is the highest Jewish holiday. Now, you may remember back a bullet point ago when Jason was mentioning that we use Muslim prayer times, because again, that is tracked very closely and could be corresponded directly to the sun. We had people in the forum who were knowledgeable on this. And of course, we looked at it up. Um, see, when when all these reported scientific dates start to fall apart and the times aren't right and the dates aren't right, my thinking is we should be going to things like the old traditions. And lo and behold, um, the, the Jewish Yom Kippur holiday, which is, I believe, a, a loony solar calendar, um, actually happened on the true equinox day. There's a there there. There has to be. So the rest of the world has been told this nonsense time when supposedly the equinox is happening. And yet here on a calendar that goes back over 5,000 years, Yom Kippur is still falling on what I consider to be the true equinox date. So I wanted to get all that out there to point out that we didn't just rely on naval observatory sunrise times. We were looking at all kinds of things like Muslim prayer times, which apparently are very accurately ported at least back through the 80s. And then the idea that Yom Kippur, um, and anyone who wants to look at what that holiday is supposed to be about actually happened on the night of truly equal day and night where I was in San Diego anyhow. Um, go ahead, Jason. So shall we have a chat now about what you suspect the lunar wave might actually be and here for the first time give the information needed for those who would like to help and try to figure this out and film a real lunar wave? Okay, so we've kind of already delineated um, – when they can go out and film and i'll describe it again before we get done here but if you go back through the oldest accounts you'll find something out about equinoxes um as time came forward the, the what they are and what they once meant to the world of human beings became more hidden and more covered up to the point where now they're not even reporting it on the right day. And you could even make the argument um, that even if they were trying to hit the right day, you can't just pick a day and say this is the equinox because it's dependent on where the observer is. Um, you know, an observer in one part of the world will see the sunrise at a different time than someone else. Um, so the whole thing that's gone on here has just let these valuable, important times of the year that mean so much to life in this world slip by the wayside. So historically, the lunar waves were called the golden and the silver gate. The spring equinox, which we're about to have here, um, is called the golden gate. And we'll get into more of that in a second here. Where I filmed the lunar wave is called the silver gate. In some of the oldest accounts I can find, it is talked about literally as if the sun is going through a gate. The more I got into this, the more I began to realize that there's also a polarity in what we're seeing, particularly for this season. When I filmed the first lunar wave, we were three days away from a full moon, and it was called what's falling because we're in fall. We're going through the autumnal, the fall equinox, falling through the silver gate, whereas the one we're about to have, and I should have mentioned this earlier, is going to be a new moon. So where I was filming a full moon, a new moon, for those who don't understand, is almost completely, well, is completely blacked out and therefore very hard to film. So this new moon, which is about to be reborn, is going to go through the Golden Gate equinox and literally take on that encoded idea of being reborn. And I should have mentioned that earlier. It's not easy to film a new moon. You're basically guessing where you think the moon is because there's nothing there to see until a sl sliver shows up. But in my view, it's all the more reason to try to film. Lord only knows what you might film. But to get back to the lunar wave that I filmed, right now with everything I know and all the research I've done, I think it's quite possible that what I filmed was the moon going falling through the silver gate of autumn or fall. 
if that's correct, we should be able to replicate it at some time. And if it's ever replicated again on a true equinox day, then we can start to really know some things because we would know the time that it happened. We would confirm that the day I'm predicting here it happened on again. We would know so much more. But as you can tell by the tone and tenor of this conversation, we need a lot more people out there filming. We need people who aren't me, even though I will be out there trying to film this, um, bringing forth the data. And if you do go out to film, it is critical to know two things, what day you're doing it, where you are when you're doing it, and the time of night you film any given event. So there's all that, Jason. And the interesting thing here we have to think about is that if people are using this data and doing it in different places in the world, and it's actually lining up, well, there you go. That That's a lot of verification of everything we've just been discussing. Right. But here's the kind of downside. If what we found is correct, um, you know, I was mentioning earlier, two cities in Brazil on the equator, no detectable equinox at any time where a city in between them does. What model could you possibly conceive of that would explain that? Um, I can't even begin to imagine if you get away from the crater and start going further north, it appears that these true equinox days are happening in a band that might be explainable with a spiral in some some way. But there's so many problems and you're forced to confront so many things that seemingly have no correlation to what you've been told your whole life. It gets difficult. So yeah, man, um, as it stands now, if what we have found can be verified by others and is truly correct, man, it's a new day in the morning. Um, but nonetheless, the equinox days, according to what we've discovered, are when they are, when day and night are equal. The lunar wave was filmed on one of these days. If you find that day in your area, um, find solar noon and then film from that point forward. So, Would you call it a new day dawning, Crow? <laughs> Hard to know. I want to, but uh, you know, you can't be sure until you are sure. And I'm, I, there's a there there, um, but I can't pour any concrete yet. But let me tell you something: discovering that the lunar wave was truly filmed on what I now call a true equinox day—that's the the main reason that I'm willing to say the things that I'm saying here, at the risk of of not having realized something critically important. So next, let's cover some older ideas that are now occulted in time that tell us quite a lot about the equinoxes. And anyone who wants to look at the Vatican coat of arms or the shield will see that what you've been saying is encoded in the papal keys and crown. We, we touched on this earlier, and this is really important. The gold key and the silver key that are right there on the shield. And of course, there's a lot of other hidden uh, symbolism on that as well. Right. It, it shows you flat out. I mean, Jason and I have done shows where we've also showed the Vatican saints, you know, the the old saint for the first of the year. I forget the name. I hope I don't get this wrong. Was it St. Andrew? I can't remember now. But he's pictured in front of the saltier cross. He's the old first of the year at the vernal equinox in March before St. Peter replaced him as the new first of the year in January. That older saint that was the first of the year in March, that saltier cross is the exact same thing the papal keys are doing. That saltier cross is actually two compasses brought back to back called a goniometer to measure the sun coming over the equator of the world as it's described at the vernal equinox. That's encoded right into the papal shields. But there's more. Uh, go ahead, Jason. We have landmarks in this world that will also show the importance of these events. Yeah, and let's set this up for a moment. A few weeks ago, you had called me and we were having an interesting conversation about trying to uh, find landmarks on the United States, since we know it's a Masonic thing, to represent what uh, basically everything we're talking about here. So we were using Google Earth trying to find points, and we didn't completely accomplish this, but let's talk about the Golden Gate Bridge and how few people understand that it is positioned and named to hold the older name for the vernal equinox, which is the golden gate or the golden key that is on the Pope's shield. The fall equinox was called the silver gate. There's much more that can be said about all this, but suffice to say that at the season changing moments in the path of the sun, it was said that the sun would either fall through the silver gate or rise through the golden gate, depending on whether it was fall or spring, of course. 
And of course, this is also a whole conversation that can be had on the ancient idea of the gateway of gods or men. So let's take a few of the true equinox dates where day and night are truly equal to form a picture of the problem that uh, is being uncovered here. Right. And before I do, um, you know, look at what we're talking about here. We're showing you that these ideas about the equinoxes were so important, they got incorporated into the coat of arms for the Vatican. And in many of the old accounts, this has directly to do with the souls of people being born and dying. Hard to know what all that means. But when you get to a major landmark like the Golden Gate Bridge, and by the way, it's like an orange color. And we've already covered that the color orange is correspondable to the sun. And what we're talking about here is an aspect of the sun. It is the sun that tells us when the season changes. But if you go on Google Earth or somewhere and look at the position of the Golden Gate Bridge, you'll begin to understand it's nearly north and south. It's facing west. Um, there's so much more encoded there, but it is holding the older, now not used name for the spring equinox, which is the Golden Gate. So one of the people in the forum was mapping out actual true equinox days or where we can verify by sunrise and sunset the day and night are equal. And as I mentioned before, uh, the town of Quito on the equator near Brazil and Fortaleza um, just slightly below the equator, there is no equinox, true equinox that we can find. But then we find cities in between them where there's an equinox, well, the, since it's below the equator, it would be called the autumnal equinox, happens the 2nd of June or the 1st of May or the 19th of April, of all things, in a place called Macapa. But once you get north of the equator line, it's supposed to be vernal equinox days. So I'm just going to read some dates of true equinox days to help people understand how do you ever put a model around this according to what we've been told about equinoxes. Moving away from the equator north from basically the top part of Brazil where the equator is to the lowest part of Central America or Nicaragua, here are some dates. 30th of January, 23rd of February, 27th of February, 21st of February, 7th of March, 9th of March, and then all the way up into Nicaragua, the lower part, um, the 10th of March. And this goes on and on and on. Everywhere we looked, as a matter of fact, a conversation started to erupt about using the Vatican and then Jerusalem, two very spiritual centers in this world. And there was some astounding things found. But again, that's going to have to wait for a later conversation until I can kind of wrap my head more firmly around what's been discovered. But anyhow, Jason, back to you. So to kind of start summing this up, we are still working on massive amounts of data. But how can it be that someplace at the equator has no true equinox, yet others do, and none of them match the reported equinox dates by mainstream sources, I guess we could say. This isn't possible, and this shows that the modern system is false, both in terms of reporting as well as the actual model being represented. Right. If we are correct, and a place like Quito or Fortaleza, which are nearly one of them's right on the equator in Brazil, and the other one just below, very close though, have no equal day and night, it's not possible that anything about the model we've been shown is true. And what's even more is the closer you get to the equator, the more crazy the dates get. And like you'll have one, like if you were doing, if you were looking at the dates like I described from Canada into the United States, where you're basically the further south you, you go, you're going to change by a day for that true equinox to occur. There's what's been called by people in the forum, people like S-Frog found what they called the weird zone or the crazy zone, where there is no frickin' rhyme or reason or possible model I could ever conceive that will explain how these cities here have it, this one doesn't, and then the ones that do, the dates are so far out of sync, there's no way to explain it. Um, it's craziness, and this is part of the reason why uh, I was a bit loath to have to announce you know, this portion of our findings just to try to get people out to film on this coming spring equinox. All right, since we've gone through a lot of data here, let's kind of do a summing up on filming your own lunar wave. So if you'd like to join in filming what Crow now considers a very historical event, we can try to predict when to film and know it is truly a lunar wave that you would film at these times. Look up the reported equinox in your area and then understand, of course, that it's wrong. Go to a trustworthy date and time source like the Naval Observatory. Find the date when day and night are truly equal. 
This can be done by matching sunrise time to sunset time. It's that easy. Check in more than one place, and if it is very close but not perfect in the listing, you can still figure out the day by looking one day forward and one day backward, and then you'll know when to get out with your camera and your scope. Right, there it is. And then once you know when the true equinox or truly equal day and night are happening in your area, the midway point, and it's usually listed when solar noon is, but the midway point between sunrise and the sunset is solar noon. From that point forward is when I believe the window would be. But let's let's actually throw a monkey wrench into this. As I have announced so often, as it warms up here, I'm going to try to be filming more now that I'm in a better position to do so, I'm going to be filming the sun. Now, if I was going to film the sun at these times, which probably has every bit, you know, the the potential for showing us amazing things as the lunar wave ever did, I would be, be filming well before solar noon on that day, if you understand what I'm getting at. If I'm correct in making the assumption, and it is an assumption right now, that what I filmed was the moon falling through the silver gate, um, then it would imply that we could do a similar thing with the sun, right? Because when we got the terms Golden Gate and Silver Gate, it was actually being associated that way by the sun. On the Pope's shield and coat of arms, that's the sun being encoded, not the moon. But there's also an occulted correspondence as the sun is always represented by gold and the moon by silver. And if that is actually part of the encoding, then all the more reason to be excited that I filmed the moon, silver, going through the silver gate. Hard to know what the actual occult encodings are, but there it is, man. Find the true equal day and night or true equinox in your area, which will not be the reported equinox date. Then find solar noon, and if you're going to film the moon, it will be new or blacked out. But who knows what might be filmable. And it's not hard to open up Stellarium to say where they claim the moon is while you can't see it. But just film. That's all I can tell you, man. Jason. Yeah, that's actually not difficult at all. I have a program on my iPhone, in fact, where I can just point it at the sky, and it shows me exactly what's there. So even if the moon is new, it'll still show me that it's there. So there's something to work with. And for me, the 17th is a new moon. So like if your true equinox day was a day before or a day after that, chances are the moon would still have a sliver. That would be dynamite. Um, but you've got to understand in all these old occult writings, the idea of a new moon, why do they call it new? Why isn't it the same old moon we've seen for millions of years, right? Um, it's called a new moon because it is considered new. And then after that, it's called a young moon. So to film a new moon at this rebirth golden gate where supposedly the sun's going to be reborn again and these ideas that are encoded into this who knows what we might be able to film so even if you can't detect where the moon is visually you can know approximately where it is and you can film anyhow and not only that i've always said for a long time that during a new moon uh it's quite possible you can prove that what is called the disc of the moon that you can't see is see-through at this time now, here's the other part of all this. You've said to me that you're still trying to figure out how to calculate the exact hour of when the lunar wave would occur, but that we know this much. Solar noon on the true equinox day when the lunar wave was filmed was 1240, and the lunar wave was filmed seven hours, 42 minutes later at 822 p.m. Right. So if you consider what's being said here, um, if it had been eight hours, I could say, wow, that's one third of the day marking from solar noon to the following solar noon. Um, could that be the filming time? But the problem here is it's not eight hours. It's only seven hours and 42 minutes. Um, but it does give us an idea to shoot for. Right. So solar noon on the day that I truly filmed the best example of the lunar wave we've ever seen. It was 1240 in the afternoon that day. I filmed the lunar wave seven hours and 42 minutes later. It's not quite a third of the way in, but it's in that ballpark. Um, but again, uh, for my money, we need to film as much as we can because who knows what we don't know. Who knows how much of what I've just said is going to get corrected over the coming weeks and months. Uh, we just need to know more. We need more people filming. We need more data. We just need more of everything to be blunt about it. Now, about two dozen people have claimed to have filmed it at this point, correct? I've lost track. Yeah, it's a lot. So if we can get what should be accurate data on those days, we can try and basically put this on a grid and see what's what, right? 
Well, right. The first thing we could do is just simply do the most basic thing, go and see if it was equal day and night on the day it was filmed. And that's also making the assumption. You see, there's four critical points in the path of the sun in a year. Two of them are equinoxes. The other two are solstices. Um, for the longest time, I'd been saying, I know this is somehow connected to the equinoxes. And it turned out for a long time, many of them were filmed the closest to the spring equinoxes. But then there were supposed captures in other areas. And here's the problem. All these lunar waves are not created equal that I've seen filmed. Um, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to down anyone here. People were out filming, doing the best they could, and they filmed strange things. The problem here is we don't know so much. Um, and while that lunar wave, from the moment I detected that I had actually filmed an event and began to put together, it was important. From that point forward, I've been learning all the way up to 2018, where I finally nailed down the problem of marking an equinox. So yeah, as time goes on, if we have good time of filming and date of filming, the first thing we can do is try to see if it was a true equal day and night day. Well, that's pretty much it, Croak. That's the end of hour one. And I'm glad we're getting all this out there for the YouTube version as well. Right. I wanted to do it. Um, the, the key thing here is, folks, if you have a way to film, go out and do what you can. Uh, people with telescopes, fantastic. People with just cameras, decent lens, fantastic. Even if you've just got an HD cell phone, everyone who films could potentially add more information to what we're learning here. What I can tell you now is the model we were handed for Equinox appears to comp be complete hogwash. And I probably wouldn't say that publicly if I didn't know that these Equinoxes are encoded on the Pope shield. They're encoded in all the Masonic traditions with the pillars. And what's more is their meaning has been hidden more and more over time. At one time in this world, these were the most important points of the year uh, in, in one regard. So there's there it is, Jason. Um, do you have anything more to add before we wrap up here and prep up for hour two? Well, I'd like to leave hour one with this. This information that we're uncovering here may very well be what the mystery schools have been guarding all these years, or at least part of it. Well, I think it's safe to say that the mystery schools were keenly interested in equinoxes and solstices. Everything from the implication of what happens to someone's so-called soul when they're incarnated at birth or when they die, that's tied into the encoding of these things. I'm not an initiate, so I can only do what I can do to try to understand. But these have never been a time when these dates weren't of the utmost importance. And when we can tie something like a filming of a lunar wave, the best example of the lunar wave, to one of these events, I think we have something important to look at. All right. Join us for hour two, folks. We're going to go over some marching orders that are coming out from the mainstream media and keep discussing this whole equinox phenomena and pull stuff from some really interesting documents as well. Yeah, we're going to cover some of the historical older accounts and meanings of equinoxes. And uh, I pulled some what I consider to be marching orders that was on a recent show that went out to a few hundred million minds. Uh, we'll cover that at the opening. But anyhow, that does bring episode 98 to a close. And I hope to see you all over at Crow 777 Radio. At the posting of this episode, there will be 98 free hours of content at Crow777radio.com. You do not need a login. You can listen to anything you like. If you want to support the free speech, which is becoming all the more important right now, because the things I'm going to talk about in the opening of the second hour, I can't even talk about here unless I want to go through the strike nonsense with YouTube. Um, that's all going to be there. So if you want to be a member, you're supporting the free speech there. There it is, man. Hope to see you all over at crow777radio.com. Cheers. <laughs>